Very. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Yeah. Like in Vietnam, there's literally a word, meow, where if you say it, it literally means um, this is an event that you're going to go to where you're going to drink and eat a lot of like little aperitifs with like a bunch of people around getting rowdy. Wait, is that place already? And there's a word for that. Yes. Welcome to the Y in Psychiatry. Hi, this is Dr. Miles, CEO Fellow. Where we delve into the intricate nuances of psychiatric topics. My name is Dr. Chandora, attending psychiatrist. I did my residency from University of Connecticut, and then I did my fellowship from Georgetown University in consultation and liaison. Each episode features interview-style discussions that explore the intersection of the mind, medicine, and the human experience. Together, we'll uncover the hidden why and the groundbreaking discovery shaping the psychiatric landscape. So grab a seat, warm beverage, tune in, and let's embark on this journey to unlock the mysteries of the human psyche. Only on The Why in Psychiatry. Okay, welcome to The Why in Psychiatry. Today will be our second episode on side effects with conventional antidepressants. And today we'll be focusing on the weight gain, the sexual side effects, hyponatremia, and withdrawal side effects. As usual, I'm your host, Dr. Amayo, and with me, we have the guru, Dr. Andrate. Say hi. Hi, how are you guys doing? (laughs) Okay, so one, especially for my patients that identifies as female, one of the biggest questions they ask me is if they're going to gain weight with the medication. I sometimes use towels and try to see which SSRI is more likely to cause weight gain. And so I guess my question is, why does antidepressants in general cause weight gain? That's a good question because this is a question that people usually ask. So the mechanism behind weight gain with antidepressants is that antidepressants that block the serotonin 5-HT2C receptors are more likely to gain weight because this particular receptor is present in your hypothalamus, the area of the brain that controls your feeding and metabolism. There's an area called arcuate nucleus. So when you block the 5-HT2C receptor, you can increase the appetite. Second is when you block the histamine receptors can also increase that. Any medication that blocks the 5-HT2C and histamine receptors are more likely to cause weight gain. For example, your mirtazapine. And if you look at antipsychotics, your olanzapine that does that. Clozapine does that. Quetiapine does that. So that's why these medications are more likely associated with weight gain. And is it just the 5-HT2C or it has to be a combo of 5-HT2C and histamine? Either one. And doing both will make it even worse, like Olazapine does both. Yes. And with the histamine, the blocking of the histamine receptors, is that also associated with the hypothalamus actual nucleus or is that a different mechanism? So it is actually, everything actually basically ends up there. Okay. Because hypothalamus, exactly, which is something that controls your feeding as well as your metabolism. And just one more question. So in depression, there's a loss of appetite and there's a weight loss associated with depression. Is it the same mechanism with the hypothalamus accurate nucleus that affected? So in patients with depression, so there are different reasons actually why patients can lose weight. So sometimes actually the depression is because of an inflammatory condition and there's an increase in the cytokines. So increase in the inflammatory cytokines itself can cause decrease in the appetite. So patients who have inflammatory reaction like cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, you have too much cytokines. So cytokines can cause something called sickness behavior. And the way you differentiate sickness behavior from depression is that the two things that are very typical of sickness behavior is 
anorexia and psychomotor retardation. Another reason what I think which may or may not be true is that serotonin actually works on receptors depending upon the concentration. So when you have a low amount of serotonin, it binds to the 5-HT1A receptors. When you have a little bit high, it binds to 5-HT2A. When you have too much serotonin, it binds to 5-HT2C receptors. So when serotonin is too low, it might be the 5-HT1 receptor that gets affected. And that's the other receptors, that's the one we want. Which is an autoreceptor, but these receptors are also present in an arcuate nucleus. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the thing that actually makes more sense in my head is actually the cytokines. That's interesting. Hedonia too, right? Like patients usually have decreased reward. So they have little satisfaction actually with eating. So that might be another that reason actually that yeah, food is not palatable. And it could just be the lack of motivation. Lack of motivation, exactly. To even do those life-sustaining like activities. Exactly, activities. because you are actually, as we know from our previous lectures, that you get stuck in the default mode. The default mode just and like, you don't use a central executive network, which is actually tells you, which is close to the sensory motor area, which tells you, hey, let's go, go to the kitchen and make food and go to the restaurant and cook, get some food or yeah. order it online. Okay, so just I want to summarize for the weight gain, the main culprit is the 5-HT2C receptors and the histamine uh, receptors. And those will affect your hypothalamus accurate nucleus, which controls appetite. And that's that in any SSRI that block those receptors might increase your chance of gaining weight. Do we know any, you know, which ones are particularly notorious? Tazepin? It blocks the 5-HT2C receptor. You've got citalopram and escitalopram that has an antihistaminic property to it. So these are some of the medications which are more likely to cause weight gain. Paroxetine too actually hits these receptors. But the weight gain, if you look at it with paroxetine, once patient gains weight, it doesn't reach a plateau. They keep on gaining weight. Whereas with citalopram and escitalopram, they gain weight and then they reach a plateau. And I'm guessing so Prozac and sertraline are less... Less likely. Fluoxetine and sertraline are less likely to cause weight. Okay. So sexual side effects, that's another one that I find with cis population. And this are usually my young males that are concerned about that. So sexual side effects is another thing that we worry about. Depression itself can actually cause decrease in the sexual function. So that's actually the major cause. I always educate them, my patients saying that, hey, depression itself can cause this. Let's start an antidepressant and see how you do with the psychotherapy. I always can buy an antidepressants. Psychotherapy together, right? Now, there are some antidepressants which are more likely to cause sexual side effects than other antidepressants will cause if they hit the serotonergic system. Stimulation of the 5-HT1A receptor is more likely associated with premature ejaculation. And from just our recent talk, the 5-HT1A, it seems like it leads, it doesn't need as much serotonin coverage to be hit. So almost any anything you give that hits serotonin would hit the 5-HT1A. And then when you stimulate the 5-HT2C receptor, you cause delayed ejaculation. And this is the 5-HT2C that is the culprit for weight gain. Yes. So when you block those 5-HT2C, you cause weight gain. When you stimulate it, you actually cause delayed ejaculation. So when you block it, weight gain, stimulate it. Okay. And SSRIs can do both? SSRIs can actually stimulate 5-HT2Cs because if you increase the amount of serotonin, if you flood the system with serotonin, this receptor is a low affinity receptor. So this is binds to 5-HT2 degrees Celsius, right? So when you have serotonin, the first receptor to be saturated is 5-HT1A, followed by 5-HT2A, and then 5-HT2 degrees Celsius. And um, how can I help with that? So with my patients, if they have the sexual side effects, I know from sometimes I had bupropion or I had sildenafil. Is there anything I can do without giving them more meds? Is there anything I can do with the medication itself besides stopping it? 
So antidepressants, which are more likely to be associated sexual side effects, is fluoxetine, sertraline, are the highest incidence of sexual side effects. The one that is associated with very low risk of sexual side effects is vortioxetine and vilazardone. Those are the two which basically I switch to actually the patient is complaining of sexual side effects with most of those you can add. You can switch to bupropion if the patient has depression, right? Bupropion is more effective. The patient has anorgasmia like decreased desire for sexual activity, right? You can add buspion, which is a partial agonist at 5-HT1 receptor. You can actually use something that blocks the 5-HT2 receptor that delay ejaculation like ill, right? Some literature will also say that skip a dose of antidepressant the day you are planning actually a sexual activity. So I wonder how skipping a day would work then. So the skipping a day basically with a very short half-life, you basically deplete the serotonin system. So you can actually look paroxetine and fluvoxamine are more notorious actually for withdrawal as well as venlafax. So I basically stay away from that. Skipping a dose? Yes? Yeah. The next one would be the hyponatremia. I think that's an interesting one. How SSRIs can increase your chances of hyponatremia. So hyponatremia is another side effect. But hyponatremia is more likely to happen in patients who are elderly. The elderly patients have a decrease in the global filtration rate. So that is the reason why they are at more risk for hyponatremia. Hyponatremia is also a risk, especially in post-surgical patients because of the stress that they go through. Because stress, nausea, vomiting, pain can increase your ADH production. But antidepressants, actually, the way it causes hyponatremia is a little bit different. So SIADH is a syndrome of inappropriate ADH production. So in SIADH, there will be an alteration in the ADH. But according to the data, what antidepressant does is that it directly stimulates the vasopressin receptor. You are collecting ducts where ADH works which is called as a V2 receptors. V2? Yes. Because ADH is also called vasopressin. So antidepressants, by attaching to these V2 receptors, they usually stimulate the second messenger system and they increase the attachment of aquaporine channels. And that actually leads to a reabsorption of water from the collecting duct and diluting your system and thus causing hyponatremia. So it's also called as a syndrome of inappropriate antidiuresis instead of SIADH. Because your ADH is not involved here, the antidepressants will directly go and stimulate those V2 receptors in your collecting duct. Is that what ADH does? Stimulate the V2 receptors to yeah. cause more increase in aquaporin. And so the serotonin or all the SSRIs goes and basically pretends to be ADH. Exactly. And so there's not an increase in ADH. It's just the SSRIs are pretending to be. Yeah, exactly right. Instead of increasing the ADH, the ADH level will be low, actually, these patients. So you can't test. I just want to summarize the two we just did. So for the sexual side effects, the reason is because of 5-HT1A and 5-HT2C. And it's interesting to note that it's a stimulation of the 5-HT2C that would lead to a delayed ejaculation. Delayed ejaculation yeah. and the 5-HT1A would lead to anorgasmia. So 1A will lead to premature ejaculation. Premature ejaculation. 5-HT2C yes. would lead to delayed ejaculation. Yes. And that's important to know because blocking 5-HT2C yes. will lead to weight gain. Yes. And I think you're also right, actually, Dr. Maya. Like stimulating your 5-HT2C can also lead to anorgasmia because when you stimulate the 5-HT2C, you decrease the amount of dopamine in your reward center of the brain. So yeah. stimulatory 5-HT2Cs will give you both delayed ejaculation and anorgasmia. And so that's why we get those sexual side effects. And then for hyponatremia, uh, the issue is the SSRI pretends to be ADH and it stimulates the V2, increase aquapotin channel, and now we are taking more water. And elderly patients and people that, that go in a lot of stress are at risk for this. So it's, I think we have time, even though we have one more gross side effects, I think we can touch that another time. 
And that's it for today's session. Thank you. Joining us. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Our tireless team is already hard at work cobbling together another potpourri of fascinating discussion for next week, so be sure to tune in. Visit our website and our podcast feed and let us know your thoughts on the episode. Subscribe so you don't miss our releases every Wednesday. Until next time, keep smiling, keep shining, and stay curious.